All right, folks, welcome to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. I'm your host, Anthony Wilson, and I'm back again with another video. But this video is different. This is going to be our first interview of 2023. Um, for all those that have been supporting us, thank you so much. Make sure that you're listening. Make sure that you're liking, sharing, subscribing, following. Um, if you're on the audio platforms, make sure you follow so that you can get an update every time uh, one of these audios posts. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like, share, subscribe, join the channel. Um, that way you can get uh, private and personal uh, prayer requests and stuff we do daily. I send out uh, different uh, uh, prayer uh, points and things like that on a daily basis. And um, there's in, there's interactive stuff that we do, uh, discipleships, classes that you can be a part of. Actually, I'm getting ready to do a spiritual warfare class. And so members of the channel, I can get you in on that particular class to be able to enjoy it. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, we got a bunch of good stuff. But today, I'm excited. Man, I am so excited. It's been a long time coming. But my man, Chalmer Williams, aka Chamis, back in the saddle again. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? And all is well on this end, man. Yeah, man. And so you're still out there in uh, uh, San Antonio. Where are you at? You're in Austin. I'm in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. I'm yeah. in Austin, Texas. And it, we're approaching now uh, five years. Man, that went by quick, bro. Quick. <laughs> by quick, quick, man. I mean, we haven't done an interview since like covid like we were <laughs> like it was in the midst of COVID. i mean it's been a couple of years since it's, it, it's been a, it's been a couple of years um I, I think you you were all audio at the time so yeah. to yeah. now see you in person I, i've liked what you've done with the <laughs> i like what you've done with the place love thy yeah. neighbor uh space and so it's it's yeah. looking good yeah, we yeah I'm, I'm enjoying your feng shui. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate it, man. And yeah, the last time we talked, we talked about a lot of things, but um, you had you had put out a book a couple of years ago. 2020. Um, yeah, in 2020, man. And now you got a brand new project. What's going on, man? So tell me, you know, what prompted you to do this second book? I remember after the first one, you was like, I don't know, that might be it. It might be all I'm gonna do, <laughs> but somehow you got some inspiration to do another one. What's going on with that one? Well, you know, um, through much prayer and seeking God, I felt I believe in my spirit. God gave me three, right? And so in this lifetime, I'm supposed to do three books. And so uh, the first one I was really nervous about because you know I never see myself as a writer, but and then when I put it out, it was like at the beginning of COVID. Right. So I'm really thinking like, nobody's going to buy this. Nobody's going to read this. But the exact opposite happened because everybody's at home. So people were, were buying the book and it took off like <laughs> in ways that I couldn't even imagine. And so after about maybe a year and some change, I felt like there was another book in my heart uh, to write. And so started thinking about it. And I was like, I need to write about um, how, what was my experience like when I gave my life to Christ? 
And so that all began in college. And so I started writing a, a, a year and some change after the first book. And I was trying to I'm, I was trying to make the book separate from the first one. And so I came up with the idea of, OK, now that I'm much older and I'm reflecting back 15 years. Wow. <laughs> what 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 would I say to my younger self? And that's where you get uh, the second book of uh, removing the veil of bondage. OK, OK. And so this is your memoirs of your college experience. And so we're going to dive into that. But before we dive into that. You you actually have been busy. And so for some people, this is their first time seeing you because we're live on YouTube. Yeah, they'll hear you on the audio platforms and they've heard some of the interviews that I've done with you before. But over the last few years, you've done a lot of work with fathers and fatherhood. Can you kind of tell uh, some of the folks about just your passion for fatherhood and, and fathers? Well, you, you you know my my passion for fathers and fatherhood really comes from a, a place of lack. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I lost my father when I was sixteen. Uh, my dad's father was not in his life at all. My mom's father was not in her life at all. You know, so imagine three generations of pretty much absentee fathers. I mean, my father gave me a, a strong 16. Um, and so, you know, as I began to, again, seek the Lord and understand what my purpose was, and that's really a lot of thanks to you, uh, Pastor Anthony, because you used to tell me uh, early on, like, you have a ministry for men, and I used to just laugh it off, like, nah, man, I'm just, I'm just here telling these jokes. And, uh, as I began to seek the Lord, it really didn't start to hit me until I moved to Austin. And I started a podcast called Fatherhood Fridays because yeah. I told you when I was leaving, I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast. So when I first got um, arrived in Austin, I said, I'm going to start a podcast. And he was like, OK, OK. But I didn't know what I was going to do it on. I was like, what can I do it on that I'm passionate about and that I'm actually in? And so something jumped out and said fathers you know and from father uh, from the podcast fatherhood friday which launched in 2019 um things just began to roll you know uh interviews began to come in i began to interview people all over the world and then you know making uh connections and friendships with people out here um i was actually asked to apply for a role as a fatherhood specialist for a nonprofit. Wow. So I, I often think to myself, if I would have never started that podcast, maybe I would never be in this role as a fatherhood specialist where I meet one-on-one -on -one or in groups with fathers that are trying to figure this thing out on how to parent their kids uh, the right way. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of in a nutshell how it all uh, started for me and how it's evolved now. Yeah. Fatherhood Friday, believe it or not. And I think I, I told this to you because, you know, we talk, you know, off air and things like that, that you actually were the, the inspiration for me to restart my podcast because I had started in 2018 and then just kind of let it lapse. And then when you said you were starting up, I was like, 
man, I need to get back on this. I need yeah. to get back on this. And so 2019 was the same thing for me to kind of relaunch the Love Thy Neighbor podcast and, you know, take off from there. We did some collaborations and things like that. And man, so through your podcast, you met a lot of uh, like important people, you know, what are, who are some of those people that you met through your podcast? Man, I mean, there, there's so many names. Um, I had some people were just close friends and, and, and connections from college and high school, but, but other people were uh, the mayor of Jackson, Mississippi. He was on my podcast. Um, there was this guy, he was a motivational speaker slash filmmaker. He was on my podcast talking about, you know, his divorce and, and how to raise girls. Um, I had, uh, athletic trainers on there. Mm -hmm. I've had another guy called, uh, the dad up podcast. He reached out, um, man. It's so many, so it's many. it's it's so many people that I just couldn't imagine from people from Australia, people. Yeah, from, I was about to say you um, have overseas connections as well. Canada, Miami, um, people because really, and what I realized is is that there is not a strong voice for fathers. There's statistics, right? There's stereotypes. But where is our outlet where we can just talk about what it's like being a dad and how we can be better dads and we get to share our story instead of letting social media, the news, what you're reading online to, to be the determining factor. And so, you know, man, it, it has definitely been, you know, humbling. It's definitely been an honor and I've definitely grown from it. And so for me, now being a fatherhood specialist as getting paid to do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it, it's just unbelievable what, what, what God is doing right now. It's just unbelievable. Cause I couldn't, you can't imagine something like this. How, you, th there's no, how could you form like, Oh, okay. You're going to be a fatherhood specialist in the, in the next 10 years. It's like, what is that? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And I really, I, uh, to, to kind of put a bow on it, you had did a, a, a wiz, Wisdom Wednesdays a couple of weeks ago, and you did um, an episode on restoration. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I listened to that, and I listened to it again, and, and the Spirit of God began to speak to me mm -hmm. and say, this is what I've called you for, to mm -hmm. restore fathers to their rightful place. Oh, man. <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa. He was like, Think, think of what your name means, head of household. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, God, like, why me? Why not you? You know? <laughs> and so now it's made, it's, it's starting to become more clear. Like this is, this is a part of what I've been called to. Yeah. And, and, and uh, man, that is so beautiful because I see that. And it's, once you said it, I was like, man, I do see that, you know, that restoration, you know, to rebuild and then reinforce them so that they can stand strong. Um, and, and this journey, when you think about it, it, it hasn't been a straight line, right? No, no. <laughs> it hasn't been a straight line. And just, I know we're going to get into the book in a minute, because even in the book, I see that same thread that it, it hasn't been a straight line. You know, when, when you're thinking about just 
how your life has gotten to where you are right now and uh, the writing and all this kind of stuff, when when I say it hasn't been a straight line, that resonates with you. You know, can you talk about that just a little bit that it hasn't just been, oh, I just stepped into it and I just got there. No, it was. No, <laughs> it, 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 it was some zigzags like you were showing with your head. It was some <laughs> ups and downs. It was some going in a circle. I mean, it, 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 and that's a part of the journey because God is what, what is God trying to do with you? He's trying to not just give you book knowledge, but he's trying to give you experience. He's trying to equip you for the position at hand. And you know, a lot of that really, I had to deal with self. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I had to really do some, some pruning within myself and really say, okay, as a father, this is what I'm going to let go of before the fatherhood specialist, before, you know what I mean? The podcast, there was things that I was on a journey myself, learning how to manage anger, learning, learning how to let go and then figure out, okay, what am I going to add? That's going to be different. That is just my own. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and these are the, some of the exact same things that I talk with fathers right now. Like, okay, take take what is good, hold on to that, mm. throw away the stuff you don't like, and now add what is your own. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. You know, and, and well, actually, you don't know this, or you might know this. A lot of times when I'm talking to, um, especially some of the young guys that I disciple, mm -hmm. I bring you up. I bring oh, your name no, up. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, you, you, are, you are a guy that... <clears throat> because you have such a similar track um, in the sense of the journey. There's a young man that he was doing rap and things like that. And he was struggling and he was struggling with profanity in his raps. And mm -hmm. I said, well, you know, I, I, I had a, I had a friend, man, that he used to do comedy and we had a similar conversation because a lot of people don't know you as a comic. So they, mm -hmm. that's like a part of that it's right. That, that journey, that journey, part of that journey. But, you know, for a while that, you know, you were going down that track and actually doing well at it, you know, actually mm -hmm. doing well at it. Um, and and I, I remember talking to him about having that conversation about, well, what do you want to represent when you step on that stage, when you open your mouth? Mm -hmm. Because we live in a social media age. Once that video gets out there, once that track gets out there, is that the legacy that you mm. want? And with father, fatherhood is about legacy, right? Right. right. And so when when you're as a, as, as a fatherhood specialist, you know, what are the ways that you take those experiences of your life and help them to figure out what is the legacy that you want to leave for your kids, for your family? Do you ever have those conversations with fathers? Absolutely, man. Because, <laughs> I mean, just like the word says, we are overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. My life is a testimony. Mm. So through my testimony, what comes out of it? Healing for you and I. Mm. So I, I try to use every bit of my life to these fathers, whether young, some are older than me, right? Right. I try to use every bit of my life that is relevant to the topic or the conversation that we're talking about to let them know like, hey, man, 
I know I'm in this role. I know you're court ordered or maybe you volunteered yourself. But let me tell you about a time when I was struggling with my own kids. You, you know what I mean? Let me tell you about a time that the way I met my need self-care was just watch Comic View and Def Jam all day. Right. Or, or episode of Martin, because that's how I found met my needs. Was the problem still there? Yes, but I didn't know any other way. You know, and so a lot of guys, the 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 books that we use are great, but a lot of guys, they just want to know, can I relate to you? Do you understand? And I always, you know, I've been trained even through, I mean, you've met my good friend, Marcus Griggs. Yep. He was like, don't be afraid to use your own experiences, to use your own testimony, to use your own wisdom, because th that's what's going to hook them in. And then you can bring in, you know, the, the sessions and the chapters and the topic of today. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. So <clears throat> as we get into this thing, um, give the folks your, your, your first book and where they can get that. And then we're going to dive into, you know, your, your new book. And there's some things that I want to highlight to talk about. So let them let the folks know your first book and where they can get that. And then we're going to dive into this brand new one. So my first book um, is called Fighting for a Laugh. And it's available on Amazon right now. Uh, $8.99 uh, paperback. I think $9.99 if you want ebook. And uh, it's been out for three years. Um, I would... Uh, Highly encourage that you buy it. At one point, it was one of the top 100 books under uh, educator biographies or teen and youth uh, issues or something like that. And so, um, yeah, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on walmart.com. Uh, Goodreads, it's, it's been distributed all over at this point. But um, the first place you can find it is, is Amazon. Right. So... <clears throat> Ah, removing the Veil of Bondage, Memoirs of My College Experience, Chalmer Williams. Um, this, this book, we talked about, you know, what brought you to writing it. Um, one of the things that jumped out at me was the dedication. You know, talk to me just a little bit about the dedication. <laughs> yeah, man. Um your kids, man, you don't really realize how much your kids do some of the same things you do or have done that you might not have even shared with them. And so, you know, the, um, my kids know that dad has books out. And so I've told them, I said, when you get of age, I want you to have this. And so and I wrote that dedication to them because I wanted them to understand that the things that you're doing now, I did those same things. The way you're feeling now, I felt the same way. And so look look at what I've become and look at what you can become if, example, my, my daughter, if you continue to uh, you know, fold uh, white pieces of paper and make a book with pictures on it and words or my son, you know, doesn't enjoy reading, but 
um, now is coming around and starting to read uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid and and JD the Barber and stuff like that and 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 understanding that this is where it can take you and so for me that dedication was re really speaking into their lives and saying hey look at what your dad has done and I hope you can take it farther than what I have. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, it stood out. It's like, that's interesting, you know, um, but I like it because again, legacy. You yeah. Know? It, yep. It's, it's back to my legacy. And you know what I mean? That's all you get. That's all you get. You know what I mean? A legacy. What do you want them to know you for? You know what I mean? And so um, I want, I wanted my second, but I didn't, I didn't do it for my first one, but I wanted my second one to be for my kids. Now, you know, I, I, I want people to read the book. So we're just going to kind of touch through it. We're not going to, you know, go through everything. But I want you to speak about this whole conversation between your younger self <laughs> and your older self. Where did that idea come from? <laughs> you know, really, it's nothing really too deep, man. But it's really just having these casual conversations with people that, you know, when you're talking about your life and it was like, man, if I could go back and talk to my younger self, this is what I would say. I would say blank, 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 or blase, blase, blase. And so for me, that's where I was like, okay, this is the concept. Because sure, I could just write another narrative, but it has to have something that's going to, you know, bring it in, some kind of secret sauce that's going to be like, <laughs> right, right. okay, this separates it from the first book. Yeah. Uh, it's funny you brought up secret sauce. I actually had plugged your uh, Jamaican jerk chicken wings to somebody. They was like, I never had them. I was like, well, next time Chalmers in town, we're going to make him make some wings. <laughs> man, listen, man, Jamaican jerk wings in Texas is just another day. Everybody eating Jamaican, Everybody eating eating Jamaican jerk wings. Whether you go to Buffalo Wild Wings or a Caribbean restaurant, you're going to find it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a sidebar. Um, there is a... Uh, an insert or excerpt in your book where um, you have this guy, Alonzo, you know, yeah. he has a major, major role. And there's a part in the book where, you know, you saw yourself as a Christian and, you know, everything's good. And Alonzo challenged you. And he's like, look, man, um, you're a Christian. Well, if you die today, where are you going to go? Mm -hmm. that moment, what was, you know, and, and you kind of talk about it in the book. So I don't want you to recount the book, but like, what was it about that moment that was so lasting that, I mean, cause when I read about it in the book, it's like, this is very detailed and vivid, you know, um, that was an important moment in your life. Obviously. It, it was because um, nobody had ever challenged before that moment, nobody had ever challenged what I believe. If you just, you know, 21, if, if you just said, hey, I'm a Christian, that was just kind of the end of that. Right. Like, oh, okay, I believe in God too. You know what I mean? And so for him to ask further questions, like, well, how do you know? That's when it was just like, okay, he really wants to know. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I realized at that moment as I gave my rebuttal that I didn't really know. 
Mm. I knew bits and pieces and you and you see in the book, I'm trying to piece it together. But as I'm speaking, it's it's not even making sense to me. You know what I mean? It's not even making sense to me. Yeah. And and, and I think I think that's an important when, when I saw that, I kind of had to pause on it and, and even process it because I'm like, that's still relevant, probably in a lot of people who call themselves Christians. That's relevant to them today. Do, do they really know, you know? Do they really know if they believe what they believe and what they believe and why they believe it, you know, and, and is it really settled, you know, you know, think, you know, talking about things like the Holy Spirit, you know, and knowing that, knowing that you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of believers that are like, well, yeah, I'm a Christian, but then when you back them into that corner and like you said, hold their feet to the fire and ask them questions, they'll probably respond kind of the way that you did. You know, have you have you ever had the opportunity to have a quest, have a uh, conversation with anybody like that? <laughs> um, I have had opportunities to have conversation like that. And it's, it's usually very similar to mine. Like, oh, man, my my parents raised me in a church. We went to church every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, <laughs> Sunday. You know what I mean? I was baptized and da, 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 da. But it's it's it, what it's saying is you're doing you remember a lot of the 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 experiences or the the must do's, if you will. But you don't even understand why Jesus died on the cross. Right. You see what I'm saying? That 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 part is totally missed. You don't you don't understand the redemption of sin. You don't understand that you're imperfect. Like all of those things have been missed, but you can always revert back to your parents and you can revert back. Oh, I remember being baptized, but without having, you know, like Proverbs said, understanding the why it's everything is kind of like surface level. Yeah. In, in, in those college days and, and, and a lot of, uh, a lot of young people that are in college or, you know, remember those college days it seemed to be, it was tough. It was tough sledding, you know, financially. It was tough, tough sledding. Just, you know, kind of talk about how that played a role in even you uh, connecting with Christ, you know, just the, 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 the struggles that you were going through, you know? I mean, you know, if you look in chapter one, you will notice that I had a freshman roommate named Bobby Hicks. Right. And I watched this guy single handedly, you know, go to church uh, and, and invite me to church. Um, and I was kind of his shadow, so to speak, you know, just trying to figure it out. But there's also a lot to manage because you you still got to get an education. You still got to how you're going to take care of yourself. And then, you know what I mean? The 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 day to day uh grade studying social life all these different things are coming at you and so uh, it is a struggle and i do feel like for many for many students it's hard to make room for it's hard to make room for other things that are more valuable but looking back on it as i'm writing to my younger self i realized that god was strategically and he's always doing that with people strategically, temporarily putting this person in your life. 
putting this person, this person, and you don't think nothing of it. You just think, oh, they that's just my college roommate going to church, right. or oh, that's just this person I see every day walking to campus, reading their Bible on the stoop, or uh praying, you know, you, you don't think it's nothing, but it's really God positioning these people to soften your heart for something greater. Yeah, yeah. In 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 college, you had some some low moments <clears throat> where things were were tough. Kind of, you know, talk to us about, you know, just those moments where it was just it was just low. It was just tough, you know. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, you know, I went through some low moments, you know, um, I, my license was suspended in college. <laughs> um, my apartment was broken into in college. Um, I didn't have enough financial aid at, at certain points. So I'm wondering how I'm going to finish school. So all of this is happening simultaneously. My car breaks down. Yeah. And I talk about all of this in yeah, the book. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And for some of these, you know, uh, things, th th this is common. And for other people, it's like, man, how did you, how did you make it? Yeah. Yeah. I like, um, there's a reference in uh, chapter three uh, to the old song. I always feel like somebody's watching me, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, as far as people watching you, watching out for you, whatever, you know, what was the thought process uh, during that time that you felt like eyes were on you, you know? Well, because I was driving illegally. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm driving illegally. <laughs> One, I have a suspended license. Two, <laughs> I bought a car and put the incorrect license plates on it. <laughs> And then I have no um, proper registration. So I'm just, as they would say now, I'm the epitome of riding dirty. Riding dirty. <laughs> I'm riding dirty. And so, you know, that's why, you know, I feel like somebody's watching me. It's the paranoia that I'm talking about because anytime I see a cop car or I hear, I hear chirps, I'm thinking they're coming for me because I already know what I'm doing is wrong. But, you know, and I talk about that is that wrong after a while just becomes normalized. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and and after a while, you don't even have that same paranoia or this is wrong. It's just like, man, I'm, I'm just living, <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm just surviving, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so all this time you're, you know you're 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 surviving you're living but the lord is kind of working on you he's working on your heart he's working in you and you're really coming to know the reality of what it means to like be a christian but you're living life because sometimes i think people think being a christian is about being in a bubble you mm -hmm. know where you're only dealing with all these good things and just, you know, everything's going well. And, but you're in this walk and you're growing in this walk, but you're having to navigate real life situations, you know, real life problems. Um, how are you, 
how are you getting through these things and how is your your walk with Christ as you're going through these things well you got to rem- <clears throat> you got to remember early on in the chapters i wasn't sa- i wasn't saved so when when you talked about um alonzo in chapter 1 saying um you know how do you know you're a christian you know i'm paraphrasing right 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 and then him giving me the call to salvation i didn't accept it at that moment right so right. you know as you read chapter 2 chapter 3 chapter 4 you you see me i'm not living for god but there's there's still this thing inside of me that's still resonating but i haven't i haven't accepted the call or i haven't gave enough to believe in it right yeah. and so um what was your question again i'm sorry <laughs> just just your faith as you're going through these things because i think it's somewhere around is it chapter, before christ or after i think christ? it's i think it's around somewhere around chapter five where you start talking about you know salvation and um you know walking with christ um and I'll just uh, glance at my notes. Okay. Um, December 2004, you know, um, making the decision, your your life and, and resting in it, you know, eternal peace. Okay, okay, okay. All those okay. things, you know, that you know, that you were, things were changing for you, right? Like you said, early on, you were just doing it. You are just living, right? Right. And so I think for me, you know, the, the seed that, Alonzo had planted mm-hmm. it, it never left right you know I'm still living I'm still surviving I'm I'm riding dirty it I, I, I kept thinking about it I kept pondering about it even you know if you read in chapter four I'm at a nightclub mm-hmm. <laughs> a college nightclub at a bar drinking chilling right and and and, and the conversation is still about God it's still <laughs> about returning so it's like I remember all of these things. And so for me, the moment that it was time for me to give my life to God, I just had had enough. Mm. I, I had a, I had enough of the stress. I had enough of the, the problems I needed. I realized that I couldn't trust myself anymore to try to figure it all out. And that's what you're seeing early on in these chapters. You're seeing self, an imperfect person, trying to figure it all out on your own. Yeah. And so, you know, after I'm not going to say what happens, but, you know, when when I decided or not decided when I wasn't going home for Christmas break, that's when it was just like, okay, I need somebody to save me. Mm. I need I need somebody to save me from myself. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yes. So that's where you see okay going from just living riding dirty wrestling with this seed to now I'm at my wits end. God if 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 I believe in you and things don't change I'm I'm liable to drop out. <laughs> mm. That's where I was with it. This was like my 2004 junior senior year so to speak i was ready to drop out Mm -hmm. you know what i mean because i'm like why is all this happening to me you know yeah yeah so i i needed i needed a savior i i needed something different yeah and and you know 
we all need those Damascus Road moments where exactly. you're like, hey, all right, <laughs> uh, Lord, uh, uh, you know, what what do you want me to do? What what is what is going on here? I don't know where to go from here. And like you said, that seed that was planted. <clears throat> and there's people out there probably even watching or listening that either themselves or they have loved ones that there's a seed planted. And you're proof that that seed will blossom. That whatever God begins, it may not just show up today, tomorrow, but that seed will blossom in their in their life. Um, you know, I, I think people need that encouragement. They need to know that, hey, that brother, that sister, that cousin, you know, that friend that you shared the gospel with, even if you're not around, God is still at work. You know, because um, I don't even know, uh, Alonzo's not even around at this point, is he? Uh, he's not He's not around. <laughs> he's not around, but that seed <laughs> that was planted, it's, it's still, still produced. Yeah. It's still there and, and, it, and it's still produced. And what people don't realize about a seed is that when it grows in the dark, nobody sees it. Mm. When it's growing in the dirt, you don't know what's happening. Nobody knows what's happening, right? But something is happening. And I believe, why am I saying that? Because I believe the same thing was happening to me. It was a seed planted. Something was growing inside of me as I be, as I accepted uh, my life to, to God, to Jesus. But nobody could tell because it's still, it hasn't blossomed. You know what I mean? You haven't seen the outward, but the inward man was changing. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And, and, and so we can't give up on somebody just because we don't see, <laughs> you know, like, oh, they're not going to church. That doesn't mean that that thing is not growing, that that seed mm -hmm. is not growing on the inside of them. Um, I think that's powerful because, you know, a lot of us have loved ones that we're praying for, you know, sometimes that we're frustrated with because of their life. But, you know, from your testimony, it seems like God is still working. He was, st he's still working even when we don't see it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, I'm, I'm reminded of the scripture that says from David, man looks on the outside, but yeah. God looks inside the heart. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad you brought up a scripture. Um, there's a, there's a part in the book where, and, and it looks like, you know, almost half the whole, the whole chapter Psalms 27, <laughs> Psalms 27, is that a, an important, you know, chapter of the, of the Bible for you? Uh, <laughs> I, I would say it was important for the season that I was in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because as I'm writing to myself, I'm telling my younger self, hey, I understand what you're going through, but look at what I'm going through on this end. Mm. Right? And I want people to see the dichotomy between an immature infant believer and how they deal with their problems versus a mature believer and how they're dealing with the problems. Wow. That's why I decided to put the whole thing in there because I'm showing you, this is how I'm digging into scripture to help me get through the coronavirus, mm. to help me get through unemployment. <clears throat> right. 
Definitely. Yeah. And, and as believers being anchored by the word of God is, is, is so important. Um, even when we pray, when we encourage one another. And so, cause, cause Psalms 27 for me mm-hmm. is a, I don't know. I, I, I remember learning that when I was young, mm-hmm. you know, the Lord is my mm-hmm. light, my salvation, you know, the Lord whom is the strength of my mind, whom shall I feel, you know, and, and, you know, all those things, you know, one thing have a desire to the Lord and that will I seek after that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I remember learning that when I was young, because that was one of those scriptures. That's why I was like, huh, when I saw it in the book, it's like, oh, wow, that, that was one of those scriptures that during my young, young seasons mm-hmm. was very important to me um, mm-hmm. because it said to me that I didn't have to fear that God actually was with me, that if I clung to him, you know, he would cling to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a verse that says, when your mother and father forsake you, then the Lord will take care of you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in my life, you know, um, I've had those moments where, you know, my parents weren't around. I was living my own life, you mm-hmm. know, and I didn't have to feel alone because the Lord was there, you know, in these college years, once you're beginning to really walk with the Lord, it seems like he's being like your main person, you know, yeah, there's other people, but it seems like you're having to really rely on the Lord himself. Because it was really the Lord that he was the only one that could get me out of my jail. Right. He was the only one. Sure, the, the 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 support is needed. Sure, the scripture is needed. But I had to lean on the Lord because I was getting stripped and broken down and I didn't have any more answers. Yeah, I, di- I didn't have any more answers. I didn't I didn't know what I was going to do anymore. So it's just like if God is really real, I need to see it. And I believe this is how my faith in God birthed. I know you talk about years ago, you used to talk about how I have the gift of faith. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I always struggle with that. I'm like, everybody has faith. Like, how can you have the gift of faith? Right. Um, but it, when you read this book, you see where my faith was born. It was born yeah. in these circumstances that are like, at the time, it feels like they're dire. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's where you kind of cling to the Lord and really learn to trust him. Um, and I'm not going to go too deep into this, but, um, there is a point where, and I think all of us go through this. There's a point where you got connected to, uh, gospel rap. Mm -hmm. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of us, when we first come to Christ, we're like, Christians don't listen to rap, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. Christians don't listen to rap, you know, Uh how did that help you, you know, to, to kind of, you know, have something that felt familiar, you know, to be put on with, you know, something that you could actually like, man, this is, this is some good stuff. You know, how did that help you as a, as a, as a college student believer, make you, you know, feel like, oh, okay, being a, being a Christian is not all just listening to hymns. <laughs> right. I, I think for me, it was relate. <laughs> it was relatability. <laughs> yeah. That That's how it helped me because 
you know, Alonzo, he was already listening to it. And so, you know, when he would put me on to it initially, I was kind of like, oh, this person sounds like right. Jay-Z. Oh, this person <laughs> sounds like Lil Wayne. This is corny. You know what I mean? But as my heart began to transform, I began to realize I was understanding what they were saying. Because, you know, some people just listen to it for the beat. Well, right. I'm not that guy. I am I listen to it for lyrics. I listen yeah. to it for melody, cadence all of these different things. And so as I began to really kind of give it a chance, you know, people like Lecrae and 116 and, you know, um, Bizzle and The Truth. Um, these are some early people that I was put on to. I began to see like, okay, wow, like this, this, this is not, this, this relates to me and I'm able to relate to it. And it's not so much about the genre as it is understanding their heart behind the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny because everybody, you know, and, and you know, Lecrae still doing music, you know, now. But I think my first exposure with gospel, you know, rap was Lecrae. And mine's, it's like... <laughs> mine's was Lecrae and I think <laughs> The Truth. The, the truth, truth, he's yeah. from Philly. He's from Philly, yes. He's yeah. from Philly. Yeah. It was, I, I kind of gravitated to The Truth Mm-hmm. Quicker than Lecrae. Lecrae, I still had to kind of warm up to because everybody was kind of into that at the time, kind of like a crunk type sound. And I yeah. really wasn't feeling it. Um, but over the years, he's kind of made some more uh, stuff that I'm like, OK, this is this can rock. <laughs> this can jam. But uh, yeah, those I those were think- my first two in- introductions to gospel rap. Yeah, because I think at the time when I heard, you know, Lecrae, you know, I was looking I was kind of looking for music to listen to because it's like you know yeah you know i can worship and you know that's good but you you wanted music to listen to that you could ride in the car with right ride in the car turn it up <laughs> turn it up you know yeah. and, and just and just zone out you know what yeah. i mean and so yeah uh look the truth and lecrae was was the first two i was introduced to yeah um so as can i ask you a question yeah, go ahead. <laughs> what what did you think about? Uh, I can't remember what chapter. What did you think about my experience I had at the homeless shelter? Do you that remember is, that? Um, what chapter is that? That is maybe seven, eight. Hmm. I don't know if I, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if I paused on that enough. Okay. So let's see. it's when, it's when Alonzo decided he was going to start a discipleship group with me. Mm-hmm. Right. And like maybe a month later, he invited me to a, a homeless shelter. And just that whole experience of hearing other homeless people uh share their testimony. Yeah. And the only reason I'm asking you that because when I wrote it, for some reason I thought about you. And I was like, I wonder if this is I wonder if I wonder what Anthony's thinking as he would read this part of it. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I I don't know if I focused in on too too much, but you actually reminded <laughs> me of something that I I did uh want to 
kind of talk about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Okay. Okay. Yep. I, this, I think I know this, where you're going. Yeah. This verse seems to be kind of an important verse for you. Uh, we talked about Psalms 27, but this verse is mm -hmm. really, you know, an important verse for you. And you don't have to tell the whole story because they can read the book, but just talk to me about, you know, your introduction to this verse and what it meant to you at, at, at the time um, that you're writing about. Well, Psalms 27, let me kind of backpedal. Mm -hmm. Psalms 27 is an older version of me reading, mm -hmm. digesting, meditating. Yeah. Proverbs 3, 5 is a younger version of me first starting to read the Bible. And it was the first book of the Bible, um, Proverbs, that I actually understood. Mm. And that's why Proverbs 3, 5 is so important because I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm digging through scriptures, I'm throwing the book, the Bible, because I don't understand it. <laughs> and I stumbled upon, yeah, I threw the Bible because yeah, I'm yeah. frustrated because I'm in my apartment <laughs> and I'm trying to understand it. And, and it's just not making, I have all these questions, right? Proverbs 3, 5 was pivotal because of, A, my circumstances, right? You know, we talked about me having a riding dirty. We talked about me uh, having a past due balance in tuition, uh, did we talk about, um, I had a court date, court date. um, I also had, um, all these different things going on. And so for Proverbs three, five, it gave me relief mm. because it was telling me like, all you have to do is trust. You don't have to figure it all out. Just trust in me and I'm going to guide your path. And it was just so easy to understand because in my mind, as you see in the chapter, it's like a cause and effect. If you do this, this is the effect. It's the effect, yeah. And as I began to dig deeper at that age, reading Proverbs, it's, it's wisdom for practical everyday living. And that's why it became so important and pivotal at that time. Yeah, definitely. Because in the years, you know, uh, that we've known each other, this verse has has been uh, an important part of your life. And so to see the the genesis, if you will, the, yep. the birthplace of it was like, wow, OK, that's unique. That's why this is so, so important, because it, there was a there was a starting point there. This was kind of, you know, uh, um, you call it a formative, you know, uh, a verse you know for absolutely you, you know in your christian walk yeah it was it was it was an important one and, and, and even in the book i talk about how i wrote it on my living room with mirror sharpie, yeah yeah with a sharpie so every day i walk out the door i'm looking at it as i'm trying to face the reality of you know going to the the vice president of financial aid and you know what I mean? Talking to this person over here and having to quit my job. And it was all about trust. And, you know, um, to kind of put a bow on that a little bit more, um, I talk about my older self as I'm reading, uh, listening to T.D. Jakes. Mm -hmm. And in one of his books he put out a few years ago called Crushing. And I realized that, okay, me trusting in the Lord 
with all my heart and not leaning to my own understanding or leaning to my own logic or my own myself. My understanding is myself. Right. Right. T.D. Jakes was saying that these things are basically shaping who you are and who you are becoming in the Lord. Mm. And, 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 you know, that's why I felt like it was important for me to share that with my younger self. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as as you're, you're going through college, you're, you know, trying to get to the end of this thing. Talk to me about, you know, as you're, you know, getting ready to come out of college, what is your outlook on life as you're coming to the end of it? You know, as you're, yeah, you know, that this, this chapter of your life is getting ready to wrap up. My outlook on life is that, wow, wow. Like, (laughs) I can't believe I made it. I can't believe it's over. Because when you're going through so much turmoil, when you're going through so many problems, you can't see the forest beyond the trees. Mm, mm, mm. You know, but as you read chapter by chapter, you're just seeing God how I'm making this decision and not knowing what's going to come of it. And God is saying, yep, you made it. Here's here's the ram in the bush for you. It, you, you had to quit your job because you don't have transportation. Here's what's going to happen a couple of weeks down the road. You know, so, you know, when it's time for me to come to the end, I was really thankful. And, you know, most uh, HBCUs have a a chapel on campus. I went to that chapel morning prayer and I was just in tears because I'm like, wow, I'm really about to graduate. And it's not because of anything that I did. It's because of me trusting in the Lord with all of my heart, leaning not to my own understanding and in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. And that's what I was doing that last, I guess you would say year and a half, two years, mm-hmm. you know? So it was just wild to come to get to the end and say, wow, you made it, you did it. You know, it, it was just like, I couldn't believe it because this was a story that as a Christian, I didn't hear other Christians share this kind of experience that I was having. So for me to experience it kind of pretty much on my own, it was just like, wow, God, you, you are real. Those are probably what I was thinking at the, at the time of that age. Yeah. Yeah. And so coming out of college, what did you do after you came out of, out of college? <clears throat> Well, immediately when I graduated, I actually stayed another year. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a job offer. And so I was working in Montgomery uh, for another year. Um, First job, I ain't going to lie to you, I was a manager at Walgreens. (laughs) And I hated it, uh, to be honest with you. (laughs) But that was my first job out of college, manager at Walgreens. I did not like it. But, hey, uh, what was most important is that I – I finished what I started and, and now I have a new, I have a new found faith. I have a new uh, way to think about things and to go about things. And so, um, yeah, I stayed, I stayed in Alabama for another year. And and then after a year, um, I wanted to transfer 
my position to um, Aurora, Colorado, but they didn't have any openings. So I just, you know, I was just like, man, I'm moving on, even if even if they don't. So, yeah. So, you know, in Aurora, Colorado, what, you know, how did you how how did you get there? Did you just you just hey, I'm just gonna pack up and head on back home. <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to pack up and head on back home because I mean, I felt like I, at that point, you know, I had pretty much spent six years of my life from like 18 to 24. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, you know, when you are in a college town, you realize you've outgrown it and you start to see things for what they really are. <laughs> you know, when you're on campus, everything, it kind of seems like you're in a bubble. Yeah. But yeah. When you're, but when you're a full grown adult and you're in a college town, you start <laughs> to see things for what they really are. And I realized that, no, I don't think I want to, <laughs> I don't want to be here uh, the rest of my life. And so I, you know, just being young and ambitious, I said, man, I'm packing up, which I did and, and drove all the way from Alabama back to Colorado by myself. Yeah. I made a couple of pit stops along the way, but I made it. Well, Colorado is, you know, uh, where 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 I end up meeting you. Yep. And, um, you know, uh, I think that's a, it's an interesting story. And I think we've talked about it, but mm-hmm. it was really interesting to see it in the book. You know, it's like, OK, well, you know, is that the way it looked, you know, from his perspective, you know? Because, you know, I remember, you know, me writing about it in my journal. And I think mine was the same way. I said, hey, I met this young guy today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I met this young guy, you yep. know, and to be the, on the other side of it. And so, you know, this is 2008, summertime. It's hot, you know, June, yeah, early June. Yep. Um, And this is another one of those you know, I, you know, divine connections, yeah. you know, I look back to Lonzo, mm. you know, early on in the story and then we meet up. Um, right. So these are all real characters, by the way, if any, yeah. if anybody's listening, <laughs> right. these people that I'm speaking about, they're real. <laughs> Anthony in the last chapter, he's real. Alonzo <laughs> in Montgomery and Tuskegee, he's real. These are all real people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are not actors. <laughs> no, no. I'm talking to the person that's in the last chapter, which is kind of like mind blowing in itself. Yeah, you know, because that moment, you know, and we kind of get to interact on the the different perspectives of of that time. But I was um I was working nights at UPS, and during the day, you know, the Lord had me on like this mission. And mm-hmm. I would get up every day. I fill this cooler with water bottles and I- yep. ice, and I go down in front of my apartment complex, Ridge Hill Apartments, you know. And I would hand water out to people, pray with folks, and I would study my Bible. Now, mm-hmm. I, this is real. This is real life. This is really what I would do every day. Mm-hmm. And um, I think me and you encountered each other. Uh, actually twice the first time nothing really happened it was kind of like water bottle water okay that's good see you later (laughs) see you later Mm -hmm. you know the second time was after i had woke up and the lord 
had showed me your face. And I went to my, my bookshelf and I pulled this book off the shelf and the Lord said, I want you to give this to him. I'm, this is exactly what happened, y'all, that the Lord said, give this to him. Now, I don't know if I'm going to see him again, because even the first time when I saw him, you know, it was kind of like a, a just high passing by. by. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like we made a connection or anything or talked or exchanged numbers mm-hmm. or, you yeah. know, hey, where it you was, live or none right. of Right. It was just a high by. You want a water? Yeah. Okay, cool. See you and, later. <laughs> and kept on going, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what it was. So, so when the Lord showed me his face and I went to that shelf and I pulled that book and I think it was, um, the book was un- Uncommon Uncommon dream. Uncommon dream or yeah, uncommon dream or yeah. And I pulled that book and he said, I want you to give this to him. And so I took that down with me, with my stuff that day. This wasn't like I took it down like every day for a couple of days. I actually took it down that day. So this was strategic. Yes. I took it down that day that the Lord showed it to me, you know, and it was crazy because I'm sitting there, my normal spot, and I look up, and I think you had a white, what did you have? It, it was a white um, Dodge Stratus. Stratus, <laughs> white yeah. Dodge Stratus. They don't even make those no more. That's right. crazy. No, they're, they're, they don't even make them anymore. They, they It pulled pulled up, and I think you couldn't get into the parking lot because they were doing the, the black top, or they were doing, mm-hmm. and yep. so you pulled over and parked like right in front of me and i'm like oh man but what's crazy is how would you know i'm in a white dodge strat like how did you know that was me you pulled you drove right in front of me and i looked up and i saw you and i was like that's 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 the guy Mm. and i just figured you was gonna just turn in but you couldn't turn in couldn't turn in so you went and you parked right in front of me (laughs) parked right and i'm looking i'm like that's the guy Look, 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 listen, folks, look at these subtleties, <laughs> how God strategically places things. I'm the like, cone, the cones are blocked off that day. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to, I had to park on the side, which made him, us see each other or Anthony see me. And let's kind of backpedal a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I got water from you, which, you know, we're talking about was, which, which was a, a quick transaction, a high and buy, take the water and go. The reason why I was walking on the sidewalk is because usually when I uh, went to work, I would cut through the broken fence ah. and the broken fence was fixed. Yeah. I didn't so, know that. I didn't so, know that. So I couldn't, cut through the broken fence so i had to walk around on the sidewalk wow yeah i, didn't I know that. some of you are, are are listening to this and thinking like oh that's just coincidence but god is in the details if he He's wants you to meet somebody if he wants you to experience him he will strategically come on anthony that's put it little things in your way so that this can happen and 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 as long as you got people that are obedient you know, I think about, you know, in the Bible where uh, Peter, the apostle, um, he has this dream about unclean animals. And the Lord says to him, don't don't call uh, unclean what I call clean. And then he gets a knock at the door and the Lord says, go with these men. Peter don't know these men. These men take him to the house of a man who the 
angel of the Lord came to and said, there's a man named Peter coming to see you. And he's going to tell you how to be saved. And it's like, and I was like, that happened like uh, an, an event like that happened to me in real life where Lord tells me to be here. This guy can't go this way. He ends up coming here and we have to, it's like we had to engage with each other. And I didn't know about the first time. So yeah, this, is, this is the first time I'm hearing about the game. I don't know if I put it in the book or not, <laughs> but again, the reason why I end up walking on the sidewalk because the fence that separated Ridge Hill apartment complex <laughs> from ADT was fixed. Usually I would just cut through the fence in the middle and parking lot, bam, ADT, it was fixed. So I had to like walk around. So again, it, it, it people could say that's coincidence, but nah, if, if, if it wasn't for those little minor details, yeah, we may not even exist. Right. Not, and not, we would not know each other like this. Yeah. And it would turn into a friendship 15 plus years, you know, later, but yeah. So because that was, that was blocked off, you know, Chalmer has the park in front of me and he's kind mm -hmm. of like catty quarter. I'm like, that's the dude. Mm -hmm. And so my heart's racing. Cause I'm like, this really is happening. Like, right. you know, it's really happening. And I got the book and I'm like, and so he'll tell you from his side of it. So I run over there. Like I gotta, I better do this now. Cause I'm gonna lose my nerve. That's what I'm thinking. I'm gonna right. lose my nerve. So I run over, I'm like, uh, excuse me. Like, Hey man, this is for you. I know this had to be, I'm thinking every, every time I think about it, like, man, that had to be the weirdest thing ever. Well, you see in the book, <laughs> shameless plug, go purchase it now, $12.99, right. uh, $9.99 ebook, $12.99 hardback. But you see in the book that I'm I'm paranoid because I'm thinking I hit a cat, a dog, or even worse, a child. I'm like, man, I just I just got my license reinstated. I got this brand new car. Oh man, that's what's going through my mind. I'm like, because I saw you run into me. And so I'm thinking like, oh man, I'm about to be in worlds of trouble. I just got my license back. <laughs> this dude's about to tell me you just hit something. <laughs> Here goes the rest of my license once again. So, yeah. So I run up, knock on the window. He's looking like, what in the world? Yeah. Like, hey, man, I was scared. Yeah. I was like, hey man, this is for you. And then just as fast as I gave it, I ran over there, I ran back, I was like, let me head back over there. And I remember watching because you kind of just sat there in the car for a minute. Yeah. And I was like, man, this dude's probably thinking, who is this crazy person? So, and I so saw you. Yeah, go let ahead. Me, <laughs> let, me, let me clear that up. <laughs> when you gave me that book and, and it sat there on my lap and I looked at it, it felt like my whole college career just flashed before my eyes. Like everything that I'm talking about in the book right now, it just flashed before me. Like, wow, God's not through yet. Mm. <laughs> That's what I was thinking in my mind. I'm like, wow, like Alonzo, save, homeless shelter, this experience. And now to go on the other side of the United States. Right. <laughs> Wow. Not even really not even thinking about God, if I was to be truthful with you, not even thinking about how I was going to reestablish myself. And God is like, no, we're, we're still not done. I know mm. you're not thinking about wow. it. Wow. We're still not done. Mm. 
Wow. I mean, that's powerful, you know, because to to think that like and and there's that seed. Yeah. That seed was still there that was planted years and years ago. My job, I guess, was to water it, you know, and get that thing, get that thing going again. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. And so I remember, you know, eventually you got out the car and you kind of walked over. And it, it was funny because the 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 way you said to me, you was like, so you hear from God, huh? <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, something like that. <laughs> you know, I don't even, I don't even remember yep, exactly yep, what I yep, said. Yep, yeah, that's like, close enough. It was like something like something like that. And even then, our conversation was very brief. Wasn't like we had this. All of a sudden, we had this whole block. Right, because I'm, I'm still in, I'm still in shock my own self. <laughs> I'm still in shock my own self. So I didn't really know what to say because, again, this isn't a familiar, right, uh, uh, divine moment. This isn't similar to Alonzo. Like, hey, let's meet in the basketball courts. And no, this is something totally <laughs> different. <laughs> right. So I'm still kind of like shell shocked. Like, I can't believe this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, like I said, brief, brief interaction. We say a few words to each other. Then you walk off. I go back to what I'm doing. And then fast forward. I don't know how long it was. It was a week, a couple of days. Or, you know, uh, I know it was, uh, I think it was a Sunday morning um, that you came back. And uh, you knock at the door. and. You look like you had been running or something. You was sweating, hat on. And I'm looking. He was like, hey, man, here's your book back. And I was like, no, nah, that's yours. And like, and he was like, hey, man, I know this is weird, but I saw your cooler there. And that was another thing. Like, like why did, why did I leave that cooler out there? Mm-hmm. Because another small <laughs> detail. Small detail. <laughs> like, why did I leave that cooler out there? I just so happened to leave it out there. And that's how you found the apartment. It's like, if it wasn't for the cooler, I wouldn't even have known where you live because you got to remember when you came across the street, that's still not saying where you live. Right. You're just, you're just sitting or standing there. So I really (laughs) don't know where you live. I know it's like somewhere on the side of the street and the, 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 the three apartment buildings, but I still don't know where. And as I look, I see that cooler and that small details like this is where this is where this guy lives. And what's funny is I didn't even write about that in the book. I right. ended it once you gave me the book and I reflected on it and boom, closed the curtain and like that's it. <laughs> yeah. So y'all, y'all, y'all get a little extra. Y'all get a little, little you get a extra. little, you get a little extra. Yeah. <laughs> but that that was that was definitely, you know, a moment where. It just, for me, it was a long line of confirmations of just the reality of being in a relationship, an active, real relationship with God, where he is impacting my life in what I'm doing and what, you know, that that God is fully involved in my life. And, you know, for so so for me, from my side of it, it was very encouraging because I had a lot of just amazing God moments in that apartment, <laughs> that apartment, 
you know, produced a lot of God moments. I have another friend that came to my house to sell me insurance and ended up sitting down for four hours talking about God. (laughs) And we're still friends to this day. He's a pastor, you know, and, um, but there was a lot of God, just divine moments, you know, where God just two people come into con and you know, it was the work of God, you know? So I don't, I guess in, I know trying to trying to land the plane. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> how do you see the hand of God, you know, in your life, you know, beyond these things that we've talked about today? Or maybe I'll put it this way. What are some other areas where you know, like, man, that was God. That was God guiding. That was his hand there. Well, I mean, I think, you know, for me, as as we're talking about the last chapter of the book, right, and I'm still talking to my uh, younger self, I kind of expound on it, right? Because if you don't, if we never meet, then there there is no, <laughs> there is no me serving at the church. There is no uh, later becoming a deacon, elder, assistant pastor. pastor. <laughs> there is no you officiating my wedding. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> there is, there may be even no Tanya. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that is all the hand of God. And so I know you've had Bible studies where people ask questions. Well, how do you know? That was God. And I, I I remember you answering like God is playing chess, not checkers. <laughs> right. right. He strategically knows what how this person's going to respond before mm. they even respond. And he already is like, okay, he's going to do this. So this is going to be waiting for it. And I know that's not even the best way to explain it. Right. But that's it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so I've realized that in those moments in being in Denver, Colorado for coming back 2007 for nine years, I realized those moments here being in Austin, Texas. And as you were talking about the book, The Uncommon Dream, you grew back to my memory that, Chamish, you're living it now. Yeah that book (laughs) you're now living the uncommon dream oh man wow you're now living in the days of wisdom because remember it said 31 keys to wisdom something like that yeah you're you're now you're now living in it look at what everything that you've done from the moment you've had this divine moment with the with the love thy neighbor host anthony wilson You've done comedy. You've written books. You're a fatherhood specialist. You Podcast. are podcaster. <laughs> married with two kids. Um, fatherhood specialist. Man. Author. Right. And it's still not done. And it's not done. <laughs> was this what I saw? No, but. No. This is this is why it's called an uncommon dream. Right. Because if I saw it, then it may be it would be common. Yeah. 
But the fact that I didn't see it, it's an uncommon dream because it's not the dream of mine. It's the dream of the Lord as I became in alignment. Man, man, you know, it's beautiful. And I was just thinking about it um, last night. <clears throat> I'm teaching Nord Nation class and your mom is one of the students. She t- she told me that. She in, told in, me that. In the, in the class, it's just none of that. Mind blowing. Right none of that happens you know and and there's and 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 if we have more time there's even more details that we could unpack right that are even more intricate that but just just the story on the surface you're like wow that is truly you know steps ordered by the lord the steps of a good man are ordered by the lord and it's real he really does order our steps. And I like what you said is that if I could think of it, then it would be common. But the fact that I had no idea, we had no idea, you had no idea, any of these things that are going on in life. I just talked to a young man this morning and, this, and I was explaining mm-hmm. this exact thing to him. I said, man, just love God, serve him and let him unfold you know, your, your future. If you keep trying to figure out, well, where's he going to take me? What's it going to look like? Where am I going to go? Am I going to live here? Am I going to do this? I said, you, you, you're just going to frustrate yourself. You're just going to give yourself anxiety and panic attacks. And you just, <laughs> you're just, you're just going to mess yourself up. Learn to Proverbs trust. three, five, and six, trust Boom. in the Lord with all your heart and lean not, lean to, your not to your own understanding. But it's, it's all you always acknowledge him. And as much as you back. trust in him, let go of leaning. Somebody yes. needs to hear that. Yes. Let go of leaning to your own understanding. More trusting and let leaning. When you can't figure it out, then your trust needs to go into overdrive. Yeah. Mm. Because then he's going to guide you. And then the opportunities are going to come to you and you don't have to come to it. Amen. You're, you're, you're talking to a guy right now that sure, I have two books out, but I never looked at myself as a writer. I'm just right. trusting in the Lord. I'm just, I'm just trying to be obedient to what he's saying by this man, Anthony Wilson, writing his own books and, and coming in a group and saying, somebody out here has a book in them. See, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm just being obedient. But again, it's a seed that was planted. And it's growing, but nobody can see. But look what happened two, three years later. First book, Fighting for a Laugh, had to had the opportunity to speak on a college campus about my life. You know what I mean? Second book out now. These are things that are uncommon that don't happen right. to everybody. But when you trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. And in all thy ways, acknowledge him. God, what is acknowledge? God, what do you want me to do here? Right. He's going to direct your path. He's going to direct your path. Whether you realize it subconsciously or consciously, he's going to direct your path. Yes, yes, yes. So um, are you kicking back up Fatherhood Fridays this year? I know I've seen a couple of episodes. I know you're busy, you know, with a lot of other things. Um, I've done about probably seven episodes it's just right now it's just hard to stay consistent 
Yeah. So yeah. I just ask that, you know what I mean? You pray for me um, because right now I'm just teaching out the fatherhood book, which are some really good topics um, yeah. that, that does a lot of things. And so just trying to be consistent in it. Um, so. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, man, I'll, I'll definitely be encouraging you like, Hey man, you know, you need an episode and maybe, you know, I'll come over, over on, on that platform with you and we can, yeah, we can yeah. talk some more. I'm, and... I'm, I'm going to definitely upload this. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So yes, yeah. yes, yes, definitely. So man, uh, this is, this has been amazing. You know, people got to see behind the curtain, you know, of our relationship and just some of the just amazing things that God has done, you know, just with and nothing special about either one of us, you know, we're just regular guys, you know, there's, there's nothing, but we, we, we chose that we dared to trust the Lord. We dared, dared to trust, to trust. We dared ourselves up. Yeah. And just, all right, God, I don't, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm going to do it. And, you know, if we, if we did have more time, we could talk about all the, the, the pitfalls, the ups, the downs, the car accidents, the, you know, there's, there, there's so much more to this story. And I don't want people to think that it's all just a highlight reel. There were, there, there's a lot of things that happened along the way, but even when you got off course, even when I got off course, God course corrected, got us back on track to where we needed to be so that this conversation that we're having today is a culmination of God's work in our lives. I mean, even just where we are, you know, I'm originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. you know, even mm -hmm. that part of the story, if we just start taking this thing apart, man, there's so much here that you say, man, God is real and he's at work. And so before we, we sign off any last minute encouragement, and if you could, you know, pray for our listeners, um, you get to be the first one of the year um, to, to pray for our listeners, but any last minute encouragement and then pray for our listeners. The encouragement I, I believe I want to listen to the day is that I want to challenge, challenge everybody that's listening to this and say, if we can see how real God is using these people in the Bible, then why we can't see it in our own life. And I know it's hard because we're living that life in real time versus looking back on someone's life in the Bible. But I want everybody, as we've had this conversation about my second book and a part of how we met, just take the time to realize how much God is in the big and small details of your life. And that if you're not saved, he's calling you. Mm. He's calling you right now as we speak and it might be this podcast that softens the heart or it might be this podcast that catapults you into the next stage or gives your life to god but whatever that is he's trying to use every situation every somebody or something to bring you into the fold why because he has a purpose and a plan for you he has a, a uncommon dream for you as as i would say that is bigger than what you can imagine that is going to be more impactful than you can imagine. That is what is going to bind and loose here on earth. I ain't even going to say bind, but loose on earth and possibly loose in heaven. 
And so I, I want us to be cognizant of that. And I want us to, to really hold in on that, that your life is not happenstance. It might seem boring right now. It might seem like you got to try to figure it all out. But when you try to figure it all out, like me in this book, Removing the Veil of Bondage, you're going to realize you're an imperfect person. You're like the ocean. You got high tides, you got low tides, you're up and down. But you can rely on somebody, you can have a relationship with somebody that is consistent, that never changes, that is perfect at all times. And we need someone perfect to guide us in our imperfections. Amen. Well, if you would pray for us. Amen. Um, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I, I just thank you uh, for, for this moment, um, to have this opportunity to speak about the genesis of how I gave my life to God. I, I pray that it reaches the right people for the advancement of the kingdom. I pray that this episode reaches the right people for the advancement of the kingdom. I pray that souls are saved, souls that are moved closer in a relationship with you. I thank you, Lord, for the obedience, continue to have mercy and grace on those that are righteous and those that are unrighteous. Uh, I love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. And in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for listening, tuning in. If you stayed with us to the very end, remember this is a live premiere. So if the chat was open and so you can interact in the chat and um, ask questions. And um, if you're watching this or listening to this, please reach out to Chalmer, check out his books, um, uh, listen for his next project. Uh, you know, great man of God, known this man for many years, humble, you know, just loves the Lord, loves his family. Um, and definitely, if you're a father out there, please reach out to him um, and talk with him. Um, he's been working with fathers for, for some years now. And that's mm -hmm. a passion of his. And so definitely reach out. But remember to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. God bless.